Hello and welcome to the PlayStation Nation SideQuest podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andy, and I'm joined by party member Wyatt. Hello. And uh, I guess we're here with uh, episode 19 in uh, fresh 2018. How was your holiday, Wyatt? It was good. I mean, didn't do too much. Just slept in. Sleeping in is always good for me. <laughs> I didn't do too much of that. I was mostly uh, doing stuff with the folks, but, you know. Yeah. So I guess we got a new year. It's not quite as much news happened uh, over the holiday, but uh, we do have a few tidbits here we can talk about. Um, one of the big ones that was just uh, a week or two ago was that uh, Amazon is shutting down Anime Strike, which was kind of weird because uh, they only really opened that last year. Yeah, I mean, was... I, the reaction to it wasn't exactly the best. Yeah, that's true. Um, obviously, for those who don't remember, this was Amazon's kind of a- anime-specific video streaming service, but it wasn't a separate thing. It was part of Amazon Prime, so you had to have Amazon Prime and pay an extra five bucks a month on top of that. So it wasn't too popular for that reason. Yeah, it was kind of a weird decision. Like, it was like, if it was just included with Amazon Prime, people wouldn't have a problem. If it was a thing you could pay for without Amazon Prime, I don't... People still... It's weird, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, their interface isn't the best, especially if you were using that anime strike. Like, I'm not a huge fan of their app in comparison to, like, Netflix and Crunchyroll. But then on top of that, there wasn't, like, a specific Anime Strike section. It was, like, their Anime Strike stuff is just kind of in the middle of everything else. And you had to have a subscription if you wanted to watch it. Otherwise, it would, you know, pop up a you know thing that's saying, hey, do you want to buy Anime Strike? That's just, oh, I hate it when yeah. companies can't make a good interface. On top of that, like, I feel like their interface isn't quite as good for, like, tracking what you're watching, and I don't know, but those are those are nitpicky. I, I was actually reading afterwards that it wasn't necessarily that it was unpopular, but that apparently there was some shakeup at Amazon recently, and the new person who's in charge is not too keen on their video streaming service at all, so he's been kind of dialing back a lot of, a lot of parts of it. Um, they've been in a distant third behind Netflix and Hulu, from what I understand. So the new management's not too keen on it, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, but yeah, so all of the shows that were on Anime Strike are now just included in Amazon Prime Video. So I actually I put a list uh, in our document of a, a few of the shows that you can now watch on normal Amazon Prime if you didn't have Strike. So like Made in Abyss which we talked about a lot last episode. Um, yeah. Recreators, Land of the Lustrous, which I know you talked about last time. Yeah, that's the gem one. Yeah. Um, Inuyashiki, I haven't watched that one myself. Um, I I know it was pretty popular or the beginning of last season, and then it kind of I didn't hear about it a lot after that. But it, it was kind of weird just in the fact that the main character was a really old man, like... 60, 70 or something, and then his body gets, like, upgraded into, like, a cyborg, so which made it a little bit unique as far as <laughs> that kind of show goes. Yeah, well, the thing was, is I, I watched the first episode, but I never really continued with it, but it's like, it's not that he's actually that old, he just has a condition that makes him look a lot older than he really is. Oh, okay. And then, but it's like, yeah, it's weird. But it's still not like a teenager like you often would see with a, a show like this. 
Well, uh, the thing was, I, I hadn't watched past episode one, but from what I've heard, it, it follows him and another character who is, like, teenager or, t- like, somewhere in the 20s or something. And that, that thing happened to him as well. Yeah. And it sort of contrasts between the two. And Yeah, I mean, I can't say for uh, full details because I didn't watch it. All, all I really know about that show is I saw on screen caps later that they uh, they had Trump in that show. <laughs> Not like real Trump, but, you know. Yeah. They animated him and had somebody else, you know, doing the voice or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, one last show that I, I also kept meaning to watch and haven't yet um, called Girls Last Tour is also now on Amazon Prime. That's kind of an interesting show in that apparently, like, all of the human race has died except for these two girls who were part of the military, and so it's kind of like them traveling across a desolate land. And uh, from what I heard, it was pretty good, so I keep meaning to get around to watching that. Yeah, it's like slice of life in the post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so if any of those shows that we talked about previously or, you know, those last two, those are all now on Amazon Prime, so anyone who's got regular Amazon Prime can go on to Prime Video and watch those. Um, they're just kind of interspersed in you know the rest of their service now, so you just gotta you gotta find them. But definitely uh, a lot more content now for normal Prime subscribers. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, another piece of news on the good side is uh, so, uh, Gravity Rush 2's online services were set to be shut down in like a week or two, but they've actually mm-hmm. extended the date to July 19th now. Yeah, I saw that. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, so anyone who might have gotten it as a gift for Christmas, you now have a lot more time to try to get some of that stuff behind the online. Yeah, I know we talked about it when they were first going to talk about closing it down, but uh, the online service for that game is kind of weird just in that it's not really necessary, but it does make it easier to get some of the trophies and costumes and other stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of glad to see that it'll be sticking around a little bit longer. Yeah, it's like there was nothing like that would halt your single player progress, but yeah, there was like getting some costumes and stuff was I think going to be unobtainable <laughs> when this went down. Yeah. Well, and the the other things that are coming down, I guess those are coming out in March because there's also like the Kill Zone and Gran Turismo, like a bunch of PS3 games. The servers are coming down in like March or something, so I guess that wasn't part of the same thing. I was wondering if they extended those, but I haven't heard anything about those yet. Yeah. At least, those are, if those are on PS3, that's <laughs> at least... Yeah, those are obviously a little bit older. Yeah. Alright, and then, uh, hasn't officially been announced yet, but I think it's pretty obvious, um, but Final Fantasy XV had a new edition that was leaked via the ratings board called the Royal Edition, which I'm guessing is probably, you know, the Game of the Year version with all of the DLC and all that kind of stuff, but... I put it on here mostly to mention that I, I've been very surprised by how much they've been supporting Final Fantasy XV. Like, they've done quite a few DLC packs that are, you know, substantial little story packs, and then they added that multiplayer thing. They had, like, different events during the year, which all seemed kind of odd for a single-player game, but they've really been supporting it well. So that's, I guess, good news for fans of fifteen. And then, of course, anyone who hasn't played fifteen can get this new edition, which will probably have everything, I would, I'm guessing. Well, it's interesting because it's like, I mean, they have all the DLC that came out the since launch, which you would think this would come with, because I know it's like 
everything that came out was like in the season pass. Yeah. But they have talked about doing a new set of DLC as well. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Because they wanted like to the first... keep, continue supporting it. Yeah. Like the first set of DLC all focused on the other party members. Gladio, Ignis, uh, Prompto. Uh, but I, I guess they kind of want to do another set of DLC that's some of like the side characters. Um, and now I can't think of any other names. The the, the chick. <laughs> Luna and, Freyna. Yeah. Some uh, of those kind of characters. I can't remember if they mentioned... Well, her brother was in Ignis's DLCs. I don't know if they wanted... I can't remember if they mentioned doing him as well. Yeah, I think also that one uh, chick that joins the party for a little bit. She might have been one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She also joined Prompto in his DLC. Oh, did uh, I keep meaning to get around to the DLC, and I just haven't, so... I, I mean, I had never bought any, but I've just seen stuff. Ah, gotcha. I have some friends who are pretty big into 15, but they're mostly big into the main cast. So, I haven't seen, like, the stuff from that DLC. I've just been seeing a lot of, like, illustrations and fan art and stuff. Of you know Prompto and Noctis and the rest of the party. Yeah. Um, let's see, in terms of releases for other games too, is that actually uh, Yeast Eight come the end of the month is getting its big localization patch. Yeah, this was another thing we talked about like a few episodes back that they were putting out a patch to fix some of the translation problems in Yeast Eight. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, that comes out at the end of the month for anyone who is waiting to play that game, as well as that, that's also when it's going to launch on PC. Yeah, they I know they delayed the PC version to correspond to the localization update. Yeah, um, and then I get I mean as a small little thing, it's like it's also they announced coming out on the Switch. Yeah, because, although that won't be until uh, summer. Yeah, but interesting about that is that. Um, Falcom also announced that uh, they don't really want to work on porting any themselves anymore, mm-hmm. but that if any third party group wants to take like do it, they'll be very open to that. Yeah. Well, the weird thing about the Switch thing is that uh, sometime late last year, the president of Falcom said that he didn't think that they wanted to put their games on the Switch because they weren't sure if there was going to be an audience there. So there's been a lot of speculation with the announcement about East 8 on Switch that NIS America is probably the ones who are footing the bill for it. Like, they're probably the ones who are either doing the, the port job or paying for someone to do the put, port job. Because obviously they've had some success recently with uh, Disgaea 5 and some of the other stuff they put on the Switch. So I think they're the ones who are kind of getting this going, and Falcom's just like, all right, whatever. So that's probably why Falcom's saying that they, they'll, you know... They're open to other people porting it, but they won't do it themselves, so they're hoping that they can get XC or someone to, you know, pay for their ports in the future. Yeah, I think it's like the the no longer want to port in-house thing was when they talked about the uh, PS4 port of, uh, what was it, Trails of Cold Steel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so that's why it's like, yeah, Nice is handling the port to the Switch, which is... A little could be concerning. It's kind of speculation. It's just more like because of Nice's whole like kind of not the best localization of Yeast Eight. It's like if if because they're willing to port to Switch that they 
go with Nice instead of Exceed for porting and localizing, it could... People in that are fans of the uh, Trails of Cold Steel games might not be happy with that. Yeah. But, I mean, hopefully it'll just be sort of like, I guess, Exceed still gets localization, and then it gets handed to Nice to port to the Switch or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very odd that... that... NIS did the localization for E8 because Xseed's done most of them. Yeah, but I don't know. There's I mean, weird stuff can... going on with that series. I think uh, NIS America specifically is kind of in a tight spot because a lot of the stuff that used to get localized got bought up by other companies. You know, Gust got bought by Koei Tecmo, so they're localizing all the Atelier games. Uh, Idea Factory started their own English branch, so they're no longer localizing the uh, Neptunia series. So, NIS America's kind of shot for, for series besides, like, Disgaea and whatever NIS puts out. So I think they were they might have been bidding for some of the Falcom games. Yeah. Well, uh, some more port news, although I don't know how much of this will be port, how much will be changed, but uh, Dark Souls Remastered got announced the other day coming to PS4 and the other current-gen systems xbox uh switch pc so that'll be uh pretty cool to see a redone version of dark souls the first one yeah hopefully uh there's not a frame rate issue this time (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think they said that the the ps4 version is supposed to run at 60 fps but i'm like are they going to be able to manage that in blight (laughs) town like i don't know uh but yeah, I mean, I was just thinking of the whole... It's like, hey, we, we kind of tied uh, the gameplay loop to FPS, so if you run it at the... When Dark Souls 3 came out, it was like, if you run this at 60 frames per second, your weapon durability goes down the hole pretty fast. <laughs> Wait, really? Was this on PC, I guess? Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, so it's like, yeah, if you were running at a higher frame rate on PC, it was like, if you like swung your weapon like through a rock, it was like, because gameplay loop was tied two frames per second... It was like you were hitting more times than you were previously, and your weapon would just eat through durability. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I was watching uh, Awesome Games Done Quick the other day, and they were doing the Resident Evil run, and that had the exact same issue, where if your FPS was higher, things... Well, I guess it wasn't tied to FPS, but it was at higher FPSs, things would basically get stuck in there longer than they should... (laughs) <laughs> so it was the kind of the same thing where when you were fighting an enemy, you could get in multiple hits at once because of the higher FPS. But it was a double-edged sword because enemies could do the same thing to you. If they hit you, they would be in your hitbox for longer, or your hurtbox for longer, and so you would take more damage from them. So the speedrunner actually, he turned it up for a fight near the beginning that's semi-scripted, and then he turned it back down again so that he wouldn't get one-shot by the enemies <laughs> in the later parts of the game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, the PC version of Destiny 2 has this issue, too, because, like, I mean, this I think it first came out when it was the uh, the public event on Mercury. It's like, uh-huh. when you when you take the lifts to the side platforms, it was, on, on PC, if you had a higher frame rate, you would just, the game would just shoot you into the ground and you would die. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, getting sh- uh, moved too fast. Huh. And then apparently also it uh, affects the um, that one exotic uh, the colony is that it fires homing grenades 
except uh, the homing is non-existent if you run at a higher frame rate. <laughs> uh, uh, God, I just... You'd think game developers by now would realize that it's like, you kind of need to adjust for a variable frame rate when you're on PC. Yeah, I think it's it's an issue coming when they're like, the games are mostly developed for the consoles where they tend to be run at locked FPS, and then they get ported and people just forget about it or whatever, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Dark Souls was like, it's like they really hadn't worked on PC, but like... Bungie hired a, an entire separate company to port Destiny 2. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but... But yeah, so I'm wondering what we'll see with uh, Dark Souls Remastered, if that'll run well on PS4. I'm hoping so. Um, yeah. I I mean, it, at least, I mean, I'm sure they've at least learned their FPS mistake. Yeah. Well, and and on on uh, consoles at least, on PS4 it's supposed to run at thir- at 60 locked, I think, is what they were saying. Um, maybe there'll be some, maybe you can like set it to 30 locked as well, like kind of like you can do in some of the PS4 programs. So maybe you'll have a few options there, but I doubt it'll be, you know, a variable frame rate. It'll probably be either one yeah. setting or you can change it to another setting and maybe they'll even have some, some PS4 pro specific settings for, you know, HDR and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's nice when companies include stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. It's the uh, last bit of news is the, um, the Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle gets a release date for uh, May 31st in Japan and Asia, and June 5th in North America. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, it's nice when it's like there's like less than a week between uh, different uh, launch areas. Yeah, that's actually been pretty. That's one thing that uh, Axis has been really good about, or Arc Games in particular, like. The Guilty Gear games recently, the fast past couple of releases, have all been like only a week apart or so, and I think the last couple of Blaze Blue ones were like that too. But yeah, it's like, and in in addition to that announcement, they also said that the base game will have twenty characters, and there will be another twenty characters as downloadable content. And that was the part that everyone <laughs> had a problem with, myself included. Yeah, like, this game is already kind of a cash grab because they're not really doing a whole lot new for it. They're basically just taking the sprites from Blaze Blue, um, Undernight, and Persona and sticking them in a new game. I mean, granted, I'm sure there's some work as far as making sure that they're all cohesive and all that kind of stuff, but it's still... It seems like a fairly easy job. And then they're like, by the way, half of our cast will be DLC. That's like, uh, really? Like, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm upset because like the first DLC character they announced is uh, Blake Belladonna from Ruby, and it's uh-huh. like they've only announced two of the Ruby characters in the base game, and I'm just like, I would have thought you would at least had the four main characters in the base game, and maybe added some of the other ones as DLC, but it's like it seems like it might be half of the main cast in the base game and the other half in the DLC. Yeah, and. Just, of course, with only twenty characters, they're not even getting the full cast of all of the other the other three games. Um, you know, they have a spattering of Persona characters, a spattering of Blaze Blue and and Undernight. So it's a little bit unfortunate for someone who's like, "Oh, I really love so and so that's in Blaze Blue. I'd like to play him in Cross Tag." And then it's like, "Oh, well, you get to pony up a few extra bucks." Yeah. And I don't remember what they said the timeline was for the 
downloadable characters as well. I think they said that the Blake from Ruby will be available like at launch, but I think the other 20 characters are like slowly over the next few months they're going to add them. So there's probably going to be like a season pass, that kind of thing. But still, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I'm more understanding when a game like Street Fighter V did it, where they're like, okay, the base game has 12 characters, here's six DLC characters, because they were making like completely new models for that. Whereas this seems like it should be a pretty easy bring it over. I don't know. I'm, obviously, neither of us are game developers, so yeah, don't know all that would go into a thing like that. But it is kind of disappointing that they've announced that 40 characters, 20 of which will be in addition to the, I'm assuming, $60 base price. So Yeah. I think it was... Yeah, it's like they announced Blake's by herself, and then there's three or six... Uh, character sets, so it's mm-hmm. like so it's like six sets of three, and then one last DLC character at the very end. <laughs> okay. So, but I'm sure that you'll be able to also buy them as a se- season pass, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you can even pre-order the season pass because you know that's a thing that happens now. Yeah, they did announce an all-in-one pack. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's about it for news. I'm not a whole lot else going on in uh, gaming right now. It's kind of that very quiet period. Like, there hasn't even been much coming out the past couple weeks. I know I've been. I was hoping I'd be able to catch up on my backlog the last couple weeks, but uh, that hasn't happened. <laughs> so, why don't we move into what we have been playing? You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see, biggest thing I've been playing recently is uh, Warframe. Because, yeah, Destiny 2 hasn't been doing it for me lately. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, that, it's... That holiday uh, event was kind of meh. Yeah, not not the best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I'm, I've played Warframe before a lot, and it's like I sort of had stopped playing for a little while, playing other things. But yeah, coming back to it after a while, it's really fun, some of the additions that have been added. <laughs> But yeah, it's like I guess for anyone not familiar with Warframe, it's a like third person action shooter where you get uh different Warframes to use as characters that all have their own special abilities. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it is free to play and it is actually one of the most fair free to play games in existence. I was reading recently that there was uh some they were finally adding some uh, loot boxes to that, and people were starting to get kind of pissed. I don't know. Uh, not to my knowledge. Huh. Okay. Maybe I was thinking of a different game then. Hmm. Yeah. No. the The only thing that had that it. I mean, I think this has been in there since the beginning, and you could. I guess it's a loot box, but it's like you can pay for a mod pack, which is in the, like gives you like a like five random mods. But the thing is, is that. Pretty much everyone knows that it is in no way worth it whatsoever, and just it's just pretty much ignored. <laughs> I mean, like you can because they're they're like they're premium currency platinum. There are ways to turn it into like you can buy some of the resources, you can buy credits, but like they're just it's universally known that it's just not worth it ever. And I don't, I mean, yeah, it's people just ignore it. <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah, you can you can farm for the materials, you can farm for credits. It's people it's like talk about all the different ways, like the places to go for the best farming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's I mean, 
The the other reason it's fair is that as a platinum's the premium currency, you can actually trade platinum to other players. Hmm. So it's like there are, are ways that like people actually will farm mods and other rare things and then like, you know, trade it to other people for platinum. So there is a legitimate way to never spend money in that game while being able to buy the premium currency items. I wonder if that's on the PS4 version as well. I, you've been playing on PC, I assume? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if you can also do that on... Because they seem like they're a little bit more... Or some of the games are a little bit more uptight when it comes to you know spending money kind of stuff on the console. So I wonder if you can also do that on a console or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. I can't... There's... Huh. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact, I actually found out about this recently is that um, another fun part is that uh, you every day you log in, you get a daily reward. Um, something that can be a daily reward is you can actually get a discount on buying Platinum. Huh. And it actually wow. ranges all the way from like 20% all the way to 75% off. Jeez. So yeah, it's like people say, it's like, yeah, just, just wait until you get a 75% off Platinum and then... It's just like, by then, you might have been playing the game for a really long time, and it's like, you can spend, like, 10 or $20, and you can get, like, a 1,000 Platinum with that 75% off, which will cover a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've bought Platinum a couple times, and I, it's because I do really enjoy playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a free-to-play game, and you're like, I've been enjoying it, and you know, I'll talk with few, I've done that on some mobile games where... I, some a couple times I didn't even really feel like I needed to, but it's like I've been playing this game a lot, so I'll you know toss a couple bucks. Yeah. So the funny part though is that um, I guess they can't do that on console with uh, giving a credit off of platinum because it goes through the PlayStation Store. Uh-huh. So, but uh, actually, what they do is that instead of getting a percent off platinum, you can get a uh, coupon for a percent off of items in the store in the game. Ah. So yeah, buying the platinum still costs the same amount, but you can get I like you know something cosmetic pack for an extremely reduced amount. Gotcha. That's basically you know six one half dozen the other. Yeah, but it's just like it's like hey they actually like worked on a way to have that available that discount available for console players even though they couldn't like do the discount through the store I'm the, like, the curious if they could store. have done because now the PlayStation store you can do like discount codes like I know every once in a while you'll get like a code from Sony themselves it's like hey 10% off your next PSN purchase so I wonder if they can do that now or not yeah, maybe, they, I, maybe those codes aren't specific to game maybe it's like you know 10% off is a 10% off and yeah. I don't want to be just handing those out, or I don't know. I mean, I think it's also hard, because it is something that's you can just randomly get as a daily login. Mm-hmm. So it's not like every, like, people have a, will be getting it at set points in time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there that I understand is complicated, so it's just like, it's, it is really nice that they came up with something mm-hmm. to uh, work around that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I've, like, the amount of different uh, things in that game that you can use for attacking, I just I do really love. Like um, one of the new Warframes I got recently that had come out in my uh, time off was Octavia, 
who is, uh, in her development, was referred to as the bard frame. Because, huh. uh, yeah, she uses uh, music to uh, tie into all of her abilities. And one neat part is that the um, when she was released, she also has this thing called the mandacord, which you can actually create your own music on that plays when she uses her own abilities. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, so how many uh, people playing that class are playing, like, Neon Cat or, like, anime <laughs> things or... Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. Like, I mean, I was... <laughs> like, I, honestly, me, I, I've been trying to make the opening to uh, Persona 5's Life Will Change in on it. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, it, that sounds so good, and I'm just like, I really need to find some, like, the full sheet music or something and yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah what's what's neat is like so it's like you got the you got three rings on it and it's like you have the uh the percussion ring the bass ring and the melody ring and so it's like her uh, one ability is tied to the notes on on the percussion her twos tied to the notes on the bass and her three is tied to the melody notes So it's like, and then um, her fourth ability is really great because it it just gives everyone a damage boost depending on how loud it is in the area. Huh. So everyone start making noise. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, you get your other abilities out there. Like, uh, I do love it. Like, the, as I said, like the her one ability is tied to the percussion ring, and it is because it's just like a uh, thing that you throw out there, and it rhythmically beats damage into enemies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's I do it's I it's just really nice how they sort of like synergized everything with the theme and yeah, it's great. Cool. Yeah, and I mean, and it's like the weapons in Warframe like half of them might just sort of be you know, like your standard shooting pistols and rifles, but like the other half are like every single one of them would be an exotic in Destiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like a weapon that I I really love was also released in my break. The uh, the lens. It's a uh, I guess an energy bow because when you like pull back, you don't. There's not actually an arrow in there. You just sort of just sort of generate an arrow of energy, and when you fire it, it actually when it impacts, it instantly creates an orb. Of um, that creates like a freezing effect, or so it slows everyone down in it, and then like a second later, it detonates and will deal explosive damage to everyone inside of it. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's so much fun to play, and as well as it is very easy to kill yourself with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it even damages you. Yeah, yeah. If you happen to fire it short and you end up in that explosion uh, sphere, you will die. <laughs> kind of like when uh, you're doing a raid in Destiny and someone steps in front of you, ready to <laughs> throw a or use a rocket launcher. Such good times. <laughs> Damn it! But, my rocket hit the back of your head. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, yeah, uh, another fun new shotgun is that the uh, is that. Instead of actually firing a shotgun shell or, like, you know, buckshot or whatever, this fires a wave of radiation. 
It's a wave of mutilation. <laughs> oh, wait, wrong song. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and yeah, just like firing that all over the place, like, cause the wave will just actually like pass through enemies as it goes on, so you can hit like multiple at once. These almost sound like uh, Ratchet and Clank weapons. <laughs> yeah, that could you be. Can you tell too. me there's one that uh, turns enemies into sheep or something now? Uh, it's not. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to remember. I don't think there's anything that really transforms enemies. Oh, okay. Uh, there are. There is a weapon that was. Uh, if you kill an enemy with a charge shot of this crossbow, uh. It will leave behind a ghost of them for seven seconds that then is on your side. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the last thing, weapon I wanted to mention was the dual toxics, which, uh, these fun little infested dual pistols, uh, they fire pretty slowly, except if you manage to land a headshot on them, the bullets, as the lore says, Feast off of the brain matter of the person you hit, and then the guns gain increased fire rate and unlimited ammo for like a few seconds. Hmm. But yeah, so they're really fun to use. And it's just like, a lot of the guns with the modding system that the game has in place are, can be very viable up for a long time, like if you get the right mods installed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some might take a little more work than others, but, I mean, at the highest high end, yes, there are some guns that, there are a few guns that you just want to be bringing, but up until then, which is a really high level, you don't need to worry about that, you can play around with a lot of stuff. That's pretty good. I know the the Destiny meta gets kind of squeezed sometimes, especially PvP, where it's like everyone's using the same two weapons. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with Destiny 2, even more so with the whole double primary, is that you don't get to use as many different guns with, like, the shotgun, sniper, rocket launcher, and sword all on one slot. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it it gets rid of the uh, sniper or shotgun metas we were seeing in Destiny 1. It was like, oh, well, now everyone's just using a shotgun because they are all overpowered, and then... Oh, they nerfed all of the shotguns, so now everyone's using a sniper, because snipers are overpowered. Yeah. When balance takes over, fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the biggest game I've been playing. Um, a game I checked out over the weekend, because... Or, not weekend, the holiday. <laughs> uh, because it was on sale, was um, the uh, Voltron VR game came out uh that came out because mm-hmm. I've, I've been uh watching the new voltron on netflix and it's really enjoyable uh the vr game i mean the base cost was 15 dollars, and i got it on sale for six and i mean it's it's very much a vr demo type game yeah with a lot of like it's like hey point to these things and but i mean Unfortunately, you don't actually ever get to control Voltron. You just, at some points, do control the Blue Lion, which it is kind of on rails. But I I, I got into it, and it was really fun when you mm-hmm. sort of get the hang of it. But, yeah, I mean, it's short. It's... I'm not really sure. It's Yeah, it's a VR demo. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's better than the stupid Martian one. The They had one of those for the Martian that was, like, 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, I love the Martian. I'll try this. And it's like sort potatoes 
Here's a scene from the movie. Okay, now drive the dune buggy for two seconds. Now here's another scene from the movie. It's like, really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a letdown. Like, the only cool part about the one from The Martian was at the very end they have you sitting in the capsule as it's taking off from, from Mars. Like, the part where the, the tarp's flapping in the wind and stuff like that. So that was that was kind of cool, but... That's yeah, neat. a lot. Yeah. A big portion of that was pretty, pretty meh. Yeah, I do really love it. it's like yeah, because you're using both the move controls in each hand, and it's just like when you were piloting the blue line, it's like yeah, you you do hold them like they hold them in the show, and you sort of like am moving them back and forth like the like the character would be piloting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that was fun. Which again, I got it on set for six for six bucks, and that was I think a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the last thing I've really been playing was um, uh, Steven Universe Save the Light, which uh, I think this came out in a couple months ago. I just finally got around to looking into it, which I am also a fan of the Steven Universe TV show on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one is game is actually has a nice uh, RPG vibe to it with its mechanics. Which, it's um, actually a sequel to uh, a game called Attack the Light on mobile, and this one's out on PS4 and I think Xbox, maybe? Probably. Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, if you hadn't played the mobile game, I, they, which I hadn't, they summarized that story in like the first, the opening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this picks up after that, and uh, combat system is actually pretty interesting because it's like you have all your characters out on the field and you get points to use them uh, use special abilities across all your characters so it's like everyone has a shared pool of points so sometimes you might not even have a character take an action while that ring is charging but the, the fun part is that like some character, one character like Steven's dad Greg is um what he he uses a guitar for his attacks, so it's like you can have him set up to start playing his guitar, and then he just sends out like a wave from his location that deals a, like either you can have him deal damage with it or you can have him heal characters with it, and it's like so long as he's playing, you can actually have him switch between songs without any cost. Hmm. So it's sort of like you can spend some points to have one character set up and they'll keep playing like through like a few charges of your uh, points so that way they can be doing something while then like on your next few turns you have other characters doing attacks. Sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, and then it's like they have the whole like perfect guard or and perfect attack for like hitting buttons when you're about to get hit or do some do an attack. Like the Paper Mario kind of thing? Yeah. I know other games have done that, but that was the first one that popped in my head for <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, well, I know why it popped in my head, but I was also thinking of <laughs> Legend of Dragoon on the PS1. Ah. <laughs> and I really wish there was another game in that series. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like... And... Yeah, the story is so far pretty good. It's... Definitely a Steven Universe story. Uh, but yeah, that about does it for me. Okay. 
Well, uh, I've been playing a lot of card games, so I haven't been playing as much video games. Um, in fact, uh, just this week, the pre-release for the latest Magic set happened, as well as a new expansion for the Star Wars card game happened, so I was <laughs> playing uh, a lot of card games all week. But I uh, uh, did play a little bit here and there. Um, not a whole lot over the break, mostly because I was mostly doing stuff with family. My brother picked up, got me uh, Doom VFR for Christmas. So I played that, but um, so it, he decided to put it in and start playing, <laughs> like you do. You know, get someone a present and then play yourself, because <laughs> I was doing <laughs> something else. So I went up there, and I was watching him play, and he got to a, a boss fight. And I was, he, he died of the boss, and he was like, you want to play? I was like, yeah, sure. So I jumped in on the boss fight. And I beat the boss, but I only played for about five minutes, and I was already starting to feel queasy. So it was a bit of a bad sign. Um, I haven't jumped back in yet to, you know, see if I can, you know, change the settings to make it a little bit better. He had moved to all the settings to, like, the the normal movement, you know, not the pie segment movement and uh, all that kind of stuff. So maybe if I turn on, like, the pie segment for the turning and stuff like that, maybe it'll... It'll help me a little bit, but yeah, yeah. normally I don't get sick quite that fast. <laughs> <laughs> what um, uh, control scheme were you using? I was using a DualShock. Oh, okay, yeah. Did you still, were you actually using it to free move, or did you still have it in place where you were, like, jump moving? So if you're using the DualShock, you can free move, but you can also teleport move, because you can actually teleport, you can telefrag enemies in that game when they get low on health. Uh, if you teleport into the enemy, you'll have like a, a ring on them, or they'll turn, they'll, they'll they'll stagger, and then you can select them with the teleport, and you'll teleport into them and kill them instantly, and you actually get better pickups that way. Um, so obviously you can do you can do both when you're using the Dual Shock. When I first walked in, my brother was using the two move controllers, and then of course I think you can. There's a few movement options, but you're mostly doing teleport with that, which is kind of weird, which is why he switched and started doing the DualShock, and then when he handed it off to me, it was the DualShock. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't bring the aim controller home with me, or to my parents' place for the holidays, so I didn't have the aim controller, but I think you can use the aim controller with that game as well, which would obviously, that would let you get the full movement as well as the full aiming, so that would probably be a good good option, but but yeah, I'll have to jump in, back into that at some point and see if I can uh, stomach it for a little bit longer. <laughs> Build up my yeah. VR legs. Yeah, maybe not starting with a boss fight will be good too. <laughs> yeah, starting at the <laughs> beginning of the game where it's you know a little bit a little bit uh, less fast paced. <laughs> um, and then I've been working on uh, Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus for a review. So <laughs> the game actually came out like quite a few months ago, and I just actually I think it came out early December, but I just. I never had time to sit down and play it until like a couple weeks ago. So now I've been playing it. I'm like, I don't know, 15 hours in or something. Um, it is very Persona. <laughs> it's like Persona by way of Falcom because it's it's made by Falcom. So it's got a lot of very Falcom things in there. But the ver the basic setup is pretty Persona, where you know your main character gets introduced to this kind of other world thing where he can go and fight and. He has the power to access it along with, you know, the person who kind of shows him it. And then the first few chapters at least are like, hey, this person from school gets, you know, abducted into this place and you have to go rescue them and help them. And then they join your party and they can also fight in this other place. So it's like 
and then in between, you know, you're going to classes and stuff. So it's it's it feels like it was inspired at least a little bit by Persona. Um, but the uh, the combat's actually an action combat system, so it feels a little bit more like like East. It's not quite as uh, like fast paced or um, doesn't have that that same feel exactly, but mechanically it, it feels a lot like that. You know, similar uh, kind of actions you can do. Uh, and then, like, a lot of the upgrades and stuff, that feels very kind of Trails-esque. Like, you have this, um, I what they call it, the soul device, I think. And it has, you know, all these gem slots where you stick in little <laughs> gems to give you skills. And it's like, oh, that's, that's very Trails. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's Persona by way of Falcom. <laughs> but it's been alright. Um, it's one of those games that I'm not, like, huge into, but it's not like it's bad. It just... You know, I'll play it for a few hours, and it's like, yeah, now I kind of feel like doing something else for a little bit, and then the next day I'll feel like playing more, so I don't know. It's not grabbing me nearly as much as, like, Persona did or um, East did. I mean, sometimes that's a good thing. I I don't necessarily always feel like it's the best when I'm up to 3 a.m. still playing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, I need to get through more of it so I can get a review done. Um, Yeah. But... How's the uh, translation on it? Uh, it's been all right. To, I don't even remember who brought this one over. I don't think it was... I mean, it wasn't NIS, so, you know, it's not the same. I think Axis actually brought this over. Yeah, it's like, because I'd actually... When I was, like, hearing stuff about Yeast 8 and stuff, like, I remember people also mentioning the Tokyo Xanadu was also not the best translation. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was curious to what you thought of it. Yeah, I I haven't noticed anything too bad. Um, I've been, obviously been playing on the uh, Japanese voices like I normally do, so if there's stuff that's in the English dub that's weird, I obviously wouldn't be hearing that. Um, you can definitely tell the game doesn't have a huge budget because uh, not everything's voiced, even in Japanese. <laughs> and typically, you'll get into a scene... And the main characters will be voiced, but then, you know, some side character, you know, like, early in the game, there's a couple of, like, punks who are, you know, uh, uh, harassing a female character, and it's like, okay, neither of them are voiced because they're not important enough, but the female character and the main character are both voiced, and it's like, I see what you did there. You only paid for enough voice actors for the main (laughs) cast. (laughs) Um, But then, even on top of that, sometimes, like, the main characters aren't voiced either, and... Sometimes it's even, like, in the same scene, and, like, you'll get partway through a scene, and then all of a sudden it'll, like, stop having voice work, and it's like, that's weird. So I don't know if it's, there's a glitch, or if it's just they didn't, you know, get everything voiced, but Falcom's not exactly a huge company, so I'm not, you know, too surprised, but it's still kind of weird. But yeah, so that's been uh, been Tokyo Xanadu, slowly moving through through that. And then this weekend is the weekend for both the Dissidia beta and the uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z beta, <laughs> although the latter of which is uh, basically inaccessible at this point. <laughs> <laughs> As of this this recording, um, it was up briefly yesterday, but you had to have pre-ordered the game on the PSN only. Like I bought the game on Amazon because I wanted to get the physical version, and they didn't send you a code or anything. It was just you can join the beta when it's open for everybody. Um, so then today is when the beta was supposed to be open for everybody, 
but the servers are getting hammered. So at the moment, they're deader than Yamcha. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a joke <laughs> I put up on Twitter earlier. So, oh, only because for whatever freaking reason, um, the Twitter account for Arc System Works has been like going full ham on Yamcha. They're like best <laughs> character. Everyone should play him. He's gonna be top tier. And it's like, dude, this is the guy who like basically does nothing for the majority of Dragon Ball Z. Like, what the hell? Like, all he does is die to a freaking green alien man. But, but yeah, built, so, built up a lot so of at love the moment the I haven't original. been able to play the beta because I can't get in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Yamcha, it's just built up a lot of love in the original Dragon Ball. Yeah, he's he's more prolific in the, the original Dragon Ball. He does more stuff there. But Yeah. Oh, I guess I will just mention, I do find it funny. Um, in Final Fantasy XIV, they introduced a Play Dead emote, and uh-huh. all the emotes tend to be a little different depending on what race you've picked. Yeah. Um, one of the races actually has Yamcha's pose as their play dead emote. <laughs> the one of like him in the crater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yep. So I haven't played that yet, but I have played uh, a little bit of the Decedia beta. Obviously, I played the closed beta last year. I got into that one, and then this one's the open beta, which is um, a little bit more. F- fully featured. It's actually got, like, the menus and everything. I would hope so, because the game's out in, like, two weeks, but uh, it's got all the menus. It has, um... <clears throat> it claims to have a portion of the story mode. Um, uh, it has offline mode, online mode, all that kind of stuff, but uh, the weird thing they're doing with this one is that they're rotating the characters throughout the beta period. So, like, there's, like, ten characters right now, and then in a couple days... They'll rotate, and there'll be a different 10 characters available, and then they'll rotate again and have a different 10 characters. Um, obviously, there's not 30 characters in the game, so they're kind of doubling up some characters, but it, it is kind of interesting that they're doing that to keep everyone from having like all of the content, obviously. Yeah, I guess it's also incentive for people to re-log on on different days to yeah. test for stuff. Yeah. And then obviously yeah. there's a lot of modes you can't play. Like, you can do single-player... Uh, but you can only do, like, the gauntlet mode. You can't just do, like, a single battle, which is a little bit weird because it's, like, I'd kind of like to, you know, test out some of the different characters. And I, I guess maybe you can do that in the tutorial mode. I haven't checked, but, but yeah. Um, and I, I mentioned that there's story mode, but... <laughs> so you go into the story mode, and there's four little nodes available. It's like, okay, click on the first one, watch a, like, two-and-a-half-minute cutscene or whatever. Okay, sweet. Click on the next one. You don't have enough memoria. What? So then I was like, all right, well, that's weird. So then I go back out and I play one of the offline modes and it gives me some memoria. So I go back in there and I'm like, all right, so now I have some more of this thing. Apparently you have to play other modes in order to unlock the story mode, which is normally the other way around, but whatever. So then I click on the next node. Oh, it's another like two minute cutscene. All right, that's weird. Well, I go back in, play some more stuff, get a couple more. And then I go back in and click on the other two modes once I have enough of the stuff. And they're both also two-minute cutscenes. So it's like the entire story that's in the beta is like eight minutes of just cutscenes. Weird. Like no fights, no nothing. It's just – and it's all, of course, you know, set up. It's like here's the two characters who are the big important thing. And then the other three cutscenes are all here are the different heroes waking up and briefly interacting with another character. You know, it's, uh, Noctis interacting with Lightning or – 
like Kefka and Sephiroth having a conversation or whatever. So it's like, all right, that's. I guess it's a beta, so they're not really you know trying to give away stuff for free. But it's it's weird that you don't even get to see what like if there's going to be like fighting in the story or something. I don't even know. That is odd. I mean. Uh, and speculating on the good side of things, it might have just been that it's just they wanted you to play other stuff and get or give you a reason to unlock that. But in the main, when the story actually comes out with the main game, there'll mm-hmm. actually have been like combat between those cutscenes that you would have got enough to unlock them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm I I just spitball a yeah. lot. I guess because I'm just thinking of like how how the story was in the PSP games, and there it was more like. You know, you had a big grid and a world map, and you're moving around, picking different missions and fighting, and they had a ton of unlocks in there. So it was just, it was kind of weird that this was just, you know, not even really a taste of that, if that's even in this game, which yeah. makes me question if it is. But then again, this um, game was built as an arcade version first, that's where true, the other that's ones true. weren't. Yeah. And I yeah. think you can kind of tell that just from the stuff you unlock in this one, because... There are uh, treasure chests in this, which are randomized loot boxes. Um, mm. I don't know for sure if they're purchasable. Uh, in my time in the beta so far, I've unlocked, like, I don't know, ten of them. So they, they give them to you pretty f- frequently. And at the moment, they've only really had cosmetics in them. Um, so different icons, costumes, that kind of shit. Um, and then in one of the offline modes, I did unlock, or actually I guess I got it from leveling up. I did get an extra attack for one of my characters, but it doesn't seem like that's nearly as big of a thing as it is was in the PSP games. So it seems like in this one, you have, like, two EX skills you can swap out, you have your HP attack that you can swap out, and then the rest of your attack set looks like it might just be character-specific, and you can't really change it. So I don't know for sure. Um, whereas in the PSP game, it was like you had a full customization suite of different attacks and everything. But yeah, the it's it's an alright game. It takes some getting used to, the combat. Especially because, I don't know, I, I feel like the buttons are weird compared to other action games. Like, the, the block button is also the dodge button, which is not too uncommon. But then, for whatever reason, whenever I get knocked down, I want to press that button to recover. But you actually press the jump button to recover. And then... There's also a dash button that's neither of those. And for some reason, I feel like most other games would have changed that a little bit so that things were a little bit more doubled up to make it a little bit easier as opposed to having to remember, like, different buttons for each of those things. I don't know. It just, it, it's just it been taking me some getting used to. I don't know if some of that's just because I'm balancing that and Tokyo Xanadu, which has, you know, obviously a different button configuration. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... Um... I downloaded it myself and booted up just a very small amount of time just playing to, through the tutorial. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, the button combination for me was not great. <laughs> yeah. Which, as really said, I'm like, it was like, because jump and that recovery button is on circle, which mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I know that that's the case for some things, but I'm just like, okay, I would like to put that on X. And I'm like, I go into the settings, like, oh, hey, here's where I can switch those buttons. Of the six settings for the face buttons... None of them change jump off of circle. <laughs> they rotate <laughs> all the other buttons, but not the jump button. <laughs> Weird. I was just like, uh, but that's the one button I wanted to change. 
So then you use the PS4's uh, accessibility thing to permanently switch the X and circle button, <laughs> and then you just play the game as though you were playing a Japanese game because a uh, circle would be confirmed on everything. I <laughs> <laughs> guess I could do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it's just like, because I'd really like to, yeah, yeah, put jump on X, bravery attack on square, and HP attack on either triangle or circle. Mm-hmm. Probably triangle. In fact, I'd even probably switch uh, block from L1 to circle if I could. But you definitely can't do that. Yeah. 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 So, but other than like trying to get used to the controls, it's been pretty interesting. It's it can get very hectic since it's three v three, and you know you'll you're trying to figure out who's um, gonna attack you and who you should attack and whatnot. Fortunately, the game has a lot of like I think very good UI elements. For example, if any of the enemies is targeting you you will get um, a like little beam coming from them to you. And then whenever they're about to attack, it'll switch to red. So you can tell when they're about to attack you, even if they're off screen, which can be nice because you can potentially dodge out of the way. Um, and that, that kind of helps out a little bit. But even then, when the enemies use like a summon, the summon's usually roaming around attacking people. And that doesn't seem to have like that line. So you just kind of like got to watch out for the summon, which is kind of weird. And... Of course, I've been only really playing uh, offline stuff, and it always seems like my AI companions are nowhere near as good as the enemy <laughs> AI, because it's like, they always seem to get to the summon crystal first and destroy it and summon first, and uh, when they're in the middle of summoning, you can attack them and break them out of summoning, but it's usually like, as soon as they get the summon crystal, all three of them will start charging, charging the summon, it's like, I can't attack all three at once. Like, I need my AI companions to help me attack them to knock them out of it. And, of course, they don't. It's like, all right, so now this other guy who's standing in the corner in the middle of nowhere, not going to attack, is just going to keep going until he summons their summon. But, but yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I'll be uh, curious to see how the final game does. I think it launches the same day as Dragon Ball as well. And there certainly seems to be a lot more hype about Dragon Ball than there is about Dissidia. Yeah. I mean, it also helps that, again, Dragon Ball is a new one, and Dissidia was out in arcades already. Yeah, but then again, it's not like most people in the U.S. have played the arcade version, because I don't think it's in any arcades here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But... At, at the very least, I haven't seen it in, like, round one, and that would be the place where I would expect to see it. But, but yeah, that's about all I've been playing. That and I've been... uh Playing probably too much of Fate Grand Order on the phones. <laughs> Stupid free-to-play game. I keep getting... I'll, like, not play for a little bit, and then they'll do one of their events, and I'll play a whole bunch during the event, and then kind of not play it again. But whatever. I That's one I haven't spent a whole lot of money on, and so I did one of those, like, all right, I need, like, five bucks to get the next, you know, enough things to do another summon, so... I'll give them five bucks kind of thing. But for the most part, I haven't really felt like I've needed to spend money on it, which is good. Yeah, it's good to not spend too much money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want I don't want to talk about how much money I spent on the Love Live mobile game. <laughs> that one I can, I can imagine how much you spent. <laughs> Probably not as much as you're imagining, but still more than I'd care to admit, so... <laughs> 
yeah. Uh, that's about it. So I guess we will go to our break and uh, come back with what we've been watching. Anime of the month and stuff. with part two of the side quest podcast episode 19 19 19 uh what have we been watching why don't you start us off wyatt yeah well uh it's kind of funny with the whole anime strike thing going out i've actually started watching or catching up on some of those shows which as we talked about girls less to arise actually about like halfway into it now and oh okay yeah, it's it is really nice just like seeing these like two girls just sort of surviving and the end of the world. But it's just like it's never really like depressing or anything. They're just just sort of shows them traveling along as they like you know finding things to survive and stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean it's pretty. There's no like really end, big end goal that they know they're looking for or anything. At at least that I've run across yet. So, I mean, like in the last couple of episodes, they might develop something or not. I just don't know. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Sound of the Sky, Sorna Woto? Uh, that's the one with the five girls, right? Is it five? Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah. I'm just... Because I... that... Yeah, yeah, I, I've everything seen I've that. seen of Girls Last Tour kind of reminds me of that show. Yeah. I mean, obviously the the Sorno Woto, there's not like it's not like the whole world is gone, but it's post apocalyptic in such a way that it's not immediately apparent. But as like the show goes on, slowly you see more and more of like how the world beyond this small town that it takes place in is not really you know there's like a no man's land where there's a whole bunch of you know nothing and then. Like, they go into the, like, tank graveyard and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That one was definitely, it's like, there was a more advanced civilization, and then calamity happened, and then, but there are a lot more people still around in that one, or at least that have eventually managed to make a society, at least societies, because there is a kind of a big conflict in that one. This one, it's yeah. pretty much just those two girls. There's like no okay. real sense if there's actual civil, like any big civilization still out there. At least how far I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, it is just interesting just to watch them just keep traveling along, and the, even though it's just, and then yeah, again, it just never really gets that depressing, which is interesting. But yeah, um, and then another anime strike, 
uh, anime. This was, I think this one actually aired in the summer. And, but yeah, it's called Princess Principal, which, um, title is very misleading as to what it is about. <laughs> Cause it's actually about, um, uh, what was that? Sort of like world, or Cold War-ish era, uh, with like some steampunk thrown in. But it's actually like a spy thriller, kind of. But I mean, it is take place with um, a group of girls that are in this one, uh, are stationed in this high school, and one of them is a princess. So, like you do. Yes. Not that she's the principal of that school, which was like threw me off for a second, but yeah, it, it's, but yeah, it, it is a very good show, cause like, like just with especially the main character and how she deals with lying about the whole double life that she's leading is very it gets very wow is <laughs> all I can say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely know. I mentioned when it's like I mentioned that title to a couple people, they're like, "Eh, I'll pass," and I'm just like, "Yeah, it's it's not what you're expecting." <laughs> Yeah, definitely the title makes you think of some kind of Moe <laughs> slice of life show. Yeah. I think I watched the first episode of that and I, for for whatever reason like never kept watching it, but it was pretty interesting from what I recall. Yeah. Oh, one other thing was that uh it it actually jumps around chronologically, so it's it you sort of have to like piece together when some episodes took place. Not that it's that complex of a thing to do, and they actually, like, you know, it's like, the episode airing number is like, one, two, three, four, five, but in the episode, it actually says, like, like the first episode says, like, chapter 10 or 11 or something. Oh. <laughs> because it was just like, hey, this is taking place out of order. <laughs> but, uh... It's kind of like, I think they did that in, uh, the Haruhi, since that was out of order, too. <laughs> they would make references in, like, the ending cards or the titles to, uh, which episode it actually was. Oh, Haruhi. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then, um, but yeah, one of the or bigger differences of, like, the show versus uh, real history is that there's a, something called Caverlight, if I, I don't even know that I pronounced that right, but it sort of allows, like, uh, at first in the history, it's like it, it allowed, like, ships to fly a lot more easily than, like, it would be in our time. And uh, mm. just coming around at, like, sort of uh, developing technology is that it's, they've actually managed to miniaturize it and let, like, the main character has, like, a ball that they have that can let them just sort of ignore gravity for a short amount of time. But, yeah, it was a very enjoyable watch. Cool. And then, uh, <laughs> still... Tr- Watching stuff in the new season, but one thing I can definitely tell you I'm going to be watching is, uh, Darling in the Franks. Franks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, it's by Trigger, and anything by Trigger is a near guaranteed watch. Yeah. That's what I had my eye on for a while. I still haven't sat down and watched the first episode, but I've been watching, I've been seen on Twitter, cause I follow the Trigger account, and they've been tweeting out, like, the, character designs and stuff back since they've been started working on it. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I mean, in case anyone is, is not 100% sure what Trigger has done, it's like, the, it was uh, 
it's like uh, Little Witch Academia. Uh, kill a kill. Yeah, kill a kill. Uh, I mean, they weren't Trigger at the time, but they pretty much were. Uh, but Gurren Logon. Yeah, Trigger kind of, sort of, was born out of Gainax. Um, I know a lot of the the key people at Trigger, I think, moved from Gainax because there was kind of a bit of a division in the company, and yeah, they they formed Trigger. So a lot of the same people who worked on Gurren Logan worked on Kill a Kill, and from what I was reading, at least, since I still haven't watched it, apparently, Darling and the Franks shows the Ava side of Gainax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I already tell from that first episode. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, at least they have you know somewhere unique to go with it. I mean, obviously, everyone likes to compare Kill a Kill and Gurren Logan, and they definitely did different things with Kill a Kill than they did with Gurren. Yeah. Yeah, as a some of my friends were commenting, apparently, like, all the, like, main, or, like, of the pilots, mech pilots, they're, like, all, their names are just numbers, but I guess one of them was, like, giving names to other people, and, uh, they're, like, all the names that he came up with, at least, like, in the first episode, are, like, basically based off of the numbers that their name is. <laughs> Yeah, definitely going to be watching that one this season. And yep, still will too. sifting through the rest of them. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh <laughs> movie I caught over the holiday break was uh, the uh, new Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle movie. Yeah, I managed to uh, see that as well <laughs> with my parents. Yeah, it's like, uh Jumanji turned into a vid- video game. <laughs> That some of the references were actually surprisingly like not like I guess not references but like the mechanics were very video game like I, I feel like there was definitely someone on staff who was familiar with games who had worked on the movie. Yeah, it was outside the the very obvious things that are like hey you die and you have a life counter but like some of the other stuff I don't know. Yeah, I mean it was also great like seeing the way the actors played the characters was done really well. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's just like the whole, like, hey, the people in real life got put in video game characters' bodies, but they're all not what they're really matched up to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you have basically The Rock acting like a nerd. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Black acting like a high school teenager, <laughs> or... Uh, high school girl. Yeah, high school girl. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how well they actually pulled off the, like, acting as other people in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Which, especially for me, uh, <laughs> Kevin Hart's character is, uh, Kevin Hart for me can sometimes be, eh, he goes a little too far into what he's good at, but... This is like, it's like, it fits his character so perfectly that he has more confidence than he should have because that's who he is in the real world, but now he's in Kevin Hart's body, and Kevin's Hart yeah. acting makes that so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Probably typecast for that, but good uh, <laughs> typecast. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. The only thing is, I, I felt like they tried to give it, you know, emotional heart, like, you gotta come to terms with... 
you know, your differences. Naturally, there's someone else in their group that kind of embodies those differences. And a few of those were, like, very smack you upside the head. Like, okay, we're done with the action scene. Now we're going to have a conversation where we're basically just going to spell out our feelings, like, and, you know, resolve our differences just in this, like, five-minute conversation. I was like, okay, that's a little bit much, but... Yeah, that wasn't the height of character development, but it was nice. I mean, yeah, it was definitely... It wasn't terrible. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that about does it for what I've watched so far. Okay. Well, obviously I saw Jumanji, and I have seen Star Wars uh, three times in the theaters now. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I've I've considered going watching it a second time because it definitely feels like it would it's be pretty different watching it after the first time. Yeah, it definitely was. So I mean, I've seen it once by myself, once with friends, and then once with my family, and I definitely felt like I enjoyed it more the second time because I was able to see kind of where they were going with some of the plot lines, and I don't know it, it. it definitely knowing what I was getting into going in as opposed to because I really tried to avoid trailers for it like I ended up seeing a f- couple of them but I was I was purposely avoiding any info on the movie so I went in mostly blind the first time which is good in some ways but then also um, I'm watching the movie and kind of expecting this thing or expecting that thing and then you know you don't get that and sometimes it's not that it's bad you just feel let down because you didn't guess where it was going so then when I went and rewatched it I, I feel like I got more out of it, and I enjoyed it more. Hmm, that's good. Yeah, I, I've, myself, avoid trailers for pretty much any movie I know I'm already going to see. It's like, yeah, I was yeah. avoiding for Star Wars, and like, avoid any Marvel movie trailers, which is always annoying, and like, the whole month before they come out, they're like, just on every commercial break. Yeah, fortunately I don't watch much TV, so I don't see them there, but the place where I normally end up seeing them is either like, they get posted on Twitter, or most common is, you know, I go to see a different movie and then there's all the previews ahead of time. Hmm. It's like, darn it, I don't want to watch this. But at the same time, I'm not going to, like, I don't know, cover my ears and close my eyes or something. Yeah. It's actually funny. Um, like, I wasn't watching tra- – I was making sure to not watch trailers for the movie. But I guess I did get a spoiler from another trailer. But I, I didn't even know it, so thankfully it didn't affect it at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was after I saw the movie, I was like, at some point, I like on TV, I saw a trailer for Battlefront 2, and in that trailer, they have the uh, battle on that last planet in there at some point. <laughs> I was oh, just like, yeah. oh, that was a spoiler, but if you didn't actually watch any of the trailers for Last Jedi, you wouldn't have really connected it like I didn't. <laughs> so it was just kind of funny to like realize that after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, like, I know I've seen, like, the one trailer so far for Black Panther, but fortunately, since I'm going to be out of the States for two weeks, like, right before the movie comes out, I will probably avoid most of the uh, <laughs> Twitter sphere talk about the movie. Nice. That's, uh, that's one way to avoid information. Yep. Although I I will be around for uh, Avengers, so I'm sure I will end up... Like, I've already seen the trailer just because of seeing it with other films. And I already feel like the trailer probably gives away too much, but then again, hopefully it's only, like, the early parts of the movie and there's more to it. Yeah. Like, a, like apparently, 
the reason they haven't announced the title of the fourth Avengers movie is because it's a spoiler based on the third one. <laughs> so I, I think that at least indicates that there's a lot that they're not showing us yet. But yeah, I mean, out when that one comes around, they've been getting and they've been doing stuff too, like the whole uh, they uh, what was it? They they showed Thor not having an eye patch. Oh yeah, because yeah, it was like when they like the first showed the trailer for Infinity War. It was before the third Thor movie came out, so we didn't know that he had lost an eye yet. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been two months. Yeah, but yeah. and then uh, on the anime front, uh, I got the Blu-ray for Mob Psycho 100. I think I actually came in a while ago, and it was sitting on my. Uh, Entertainment Center, and I kept meaning to watch it, so I sat down and rewatched that recently. That's a that's a great show. It's um same guy who did One Punch Man, so it's very similar in that the main character is like super overpowered, but isn't really like he's not like you'd think like you know Goku or someone from a normal fighting anime. He's just in this case he's. He's aware that he's powerful, but he also purposely tries not to fight people, and uh, he's being duped by someone who doesn't have any power at all. So there's kind of some fun dynamics there. So I, that, that's a show I, I really loved and was happy to watch again. Yeah, I caught the first episode of it when it was airing, but uh, I, I wasn't as thrilled with the dynamic with his uh, uh, teacher or whatever that guy was again. <laughs> Oh, Reagan? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I read something that I guess it gets a little better over time, but I don't know. I, I, everyone, most of the time, I don't necessarily like it when it's like, it's like, hey, I'm totally lying to you and taking advantage of your powers, even though I can't do shit. Yeah. I, I think they play that more for the, you know, jokey portion of it as opposed to, you know, him taking advantage of Mob. Yeah. I mean, I think I was watching a lot of other stuff, so it didn't really... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've considered going back to it, because I know a lot of people like it, but I've considered going mm-hmm. back to a lot of things, and that list just keeps <laughs> building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, I really haven't watched a whole lot from this season yet, because I've been still kind of catching up on stuff from last season. Um, thanks to the holidays both of them and like being around family for both of them I kind of got behind on a bunch of shows so in the last couple of days I was uh, catching up on Blood Bucket Battlefront and Beyond nice. which I really like how that show ended I thought the last couple arcs were really good yeah especially that last arc damn yeah and the whole show the whole second season in general was I did like how they kind of switched gears from the first season it was very character focused yeah but yeah. And then also been catching up on uh, Love Live Sunshine, which is the second season of the second series of Love Live. Even though like I love the Love Live series, somehow I just like ended up putting that one on the side for uh, a couple weeks while I was doing other stuff, and so now I'm finally sitting down and watching the rest of it. Um, kind of like with Blood Blockade Battlefront. They've changed directions a little bit from the first Love Live, but at the same time, it still feels like they're really kind of walking in the same shoes. And then every once in a while, they'll 
make something different just to make it different. Like you expect, you know, one thing's going to happen and then they keep making you expect it's going to happen and then at the very last second they like pull a rug out like, oh, something different happened. And you're like, okay, you're you're clearly aware that everyone who's watching this show watched the first season. And I'm just like, all right. You feel like you don't have a whole lot of new ideas. But I do still like the cast and, of course, all of the songs and stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is Love Live, and you are you. Yep. They they do some really weird stuff. Like, um, one of the episodes, two of the characters decide that they're going to write and dance to a song for their sisters. And not only do they somehow do this, just the two of them with two other people helping them over the course of, like, four days or something, I think they said. But then... They go and they start doing the music video for it like they normally do. And at first it's just the two of them dancing. And it's like, okay, fine. But then all of the other characters come in and it's like, wait a minute. None of you were even here. Like, how would this be choreographed? So it's clearly they're just, you know, they want to make the, the spectacle of the the music video as opposed to making it make sense within the universe. But whatever. It's, it's still fun and <laughs> it's uh, one of my guilty pleasures, of course. Of course. Yep. That's really about it. I haven't really been watching a whole lot recently. Just got been doing so much other stuff and holidays and everything. So hopefully, I'm hoping to like sit down and start watching stuff in the new season. But with going out of the states for a couple weeks, it's like I don't know if I really want to start something and then come back and have to, you know, be like, what was I watching again? What was happening? I only watched two episodes of this thing, so I don't know. I did yeah. find out that. Uh, so Netflix, you can download shows now on like an iPad. And I was like, oh, I should download some shows to watch on the plane while I'm flying to Africa. Um, and I was like, that would be nice if like Crunchyroll would let you do that. So I was searching around the internet and I found out that they had said at one point that Crunchyroll is going to do that near the end of 2017. And I was like, shoot, do I need to like update the app or something? And I still couldn't find it. And then eventually I found out that there's this other service called VRV. Which is like an uh, a service that has a whole bunch of different kind of channels, and one of them is Crunchyroll. And so, if you use that version of the app, then you actually can download uh, episodes. So, I'm probably going to try to find something that I can download a bunch of episodes of to watch on the plane. Yeah, I was going to say download like the first couple episodes of everything that's out so far, so you can figure out what you want to continue with when you get back. That's true. Of course, the one thing I don't want to do is download something and then be watching on a plane when like hey it's a hot springs episode and there's nudity <laughs> so i'm i'm i mean I'm a I, little bit skeptical to yeah download something sight unseen i mean not a lot of shows do hot springs episodes in like the first two episodes i'm i'm as, as an example yeah. you, you know how fan servicey anime can be at times oh yeah and especially more so than other media, I feel like it'll also just come out of left field. Like, you'll be watching a show, and then all of a sudden it'll just be like, nudity, hey, out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, even in a show that you wouldn't think would have it sometimes. So that's just my, my one trepidation about uh, downloading something that I'm not sure what it'll be like. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you could always just sort of try to get a window seat and angle it. <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember what seat I have. I usually pick an aisle seat because 
That way if I need to like use the restroom or whatever, I don't have to bother people. But yeah, I was thinking maybe I could download, like, finally try uh, Hero Academia or, uh, I don't know, something like that. There were a few other things. Like, I, I realized the other day I was watching a video and I never actually watched all of uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So, like, I was thinking maybe I could download that. I don't know. Yeah. I think I saw there's a show this season that's about camping. <laughs> yeah. There's one about, like, camping and then there's also one about, like, going to Antarctica. Those are, like, two, like, outdoorsy shows. Yeah. Have to see what those are like. But yeah, yep. maybe you can get some tips for your travels. <laughs> maybe. But that's about all I've been watching, so uh, I guess we can move on to the anime of the month, which is your pick. Yeah. So for the anime of the month, this month I picked the movie Wolf Children. Mm-hmm. Which is about uh, uh, how to phrase this? <laughs> I guess this uh, this uh, one woman falls in love with a wolf man in college, and ends up having two wolf children. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the movie is sort of about how, like, dealing with raising a couple of kids that happen to be half wolf, <laughs> and it's yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's really nice, uh, well done, like family dynamic, as well as the fact that like it's like in the very beginning is she's sort of like freaking out when one of them gets sick. It's like, uh, do do I take them to the doctor or do I take them to the vet? Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I mean it's just sort of she like you know d- wants to raise them in such a way that they will like get to choose how they want to live their lives with each half of what they are. Yep. But yeah. So I I'm, feel like they do a really good job of kind of the two of the two children both kind of have a different relationship with their like wolf self. And they do a good job of both separating how they feel about it but then how they you know change the look upon it as the film kind of progresses. Yeah. I remember being pretty impressed with the way uh, the way that part was written. Yeah, because it follows them like from birth all the way until like ele- like the later years of elementary school. I think it was. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a really enjoyable watch. <laughs> it, although I will say, for some people, it, it is a little slow, which I mean is not a problem for me. But it's just like, yeah, it's. Definitely not gonna be moving fast if anyone is expecting that. Yeah, it's uh, directed by uh, Mamoru Hosoda, and I know we I, before you were on, um, Jason and I talked a few times about some of his other films, like uh, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Summer Wars. I think one of those two, I think, was uh, one of the past anime of the month. So this is the same director, so it's got kind of a similar um, heart to it. I would say. Yeah. I've also seen both those movies, and they're both great. And <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Summer Wars. Thing, the movie I always advertise as, Facebook takes over the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely highly recommend Wolf Children. Uh, although, I will say, in terms of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, awkward anime things. It's uh, not nearly as bad as 
anything we were just talking about. But I will say that uh, you are showing this movie to other people. There is a one point where it's sort of she is like they show her getting into bed with the wolfman sort of half transformed. So just uh, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean if you're into anime, probably nothing new. But if you were like trying to get someone else to watch it, it might be, I mean, it's very brief. Just a little heads up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. But definitely good, uh, good movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> actually, even more so bring that up because, um, one of the reasons I picked this was because, um, <laughs> I, since, you know, I don't really go out for partying or whatnot, but, uh, so for New Year's Eve, what I, what we tend to do a lot is, uh, sort of pick some movies that we haven't seen yet, not necessarily from the year itself, but just sort of like, it's like me and my mom like watch a bunch of movies like as it leads up to midnight. So yeah, I mean, I've actually tried to get her to watch some anime every once in a while, which her having worked at Warner Brothers, Fox, and Disney and being heavily in, in like the animation world is something that she is interested in every once in a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so so yeah, that's one of the reasons I also picked this. Um, yeah, and, and just one little extra thing from that was one uh, we also watched Star uh, Rogue One because uh, she hadn't seen that yet. Though uh, I saw the Last Jedi with her the first time. Uh, ah. Yeah, and. Uh, one thing I did was uh, I timed it so like the when we were watching Rogue One uh, that was the movie that was going to lead into Midnight when we were going to watch the ball drop. Uh-huh. So I had timed it so that you know you get that last shot of a uh, young Leia saying hope right as it led into the new year. <laughs> that was kind of a meme going around right right around the new year <laughs> right before the new year. Like, if you listen to so-and-so's song starting at blank, then this will start right as the new year starts. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, that was something that was nice. Yeah. But yeah, so... Wolf Children, right, Anime well, of the Month. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking, because uh, I was... Checking stuff, some some stuff while you were talking, and I guess uh, Hosoda's next film is actually coming out this year, called uh, Mirai of the Future. So hopefully that'll be as good as his uh, his other films. Huh, that's good. Yeah, I still gotta check out his last film. I think it was The Boy and the Beast. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was good too. It's kind of a, a similar similar concept to Wolf Children, um, except that instead of like a, a biological parent, it's you know a adoptive parent basically um but also similar in the fact that there's some like half uh, animal half people characters in it and that kind of stuff but yeah boy and the beast was also pretty good yeah definitely have to check that out well i guess that's our show should be a pretty short one but i guess it's because not as much going on and we recording this a little bit earlier than we normally would have i think just since i'm going off to uh, Africa. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Enjoy your journeys. 
Um, if you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can send us an email at sidequest at psnation.com. We also have our Twitter account at sidequestcast. The uh, PS Nation forums will have a thread for this episode, as well as there's a whole bunch of other threads going on. So if you're interested in playing some uh, Killzone with the guys, or Warhawk Wednesdays, or Destiny, they're always looking for people to play Destiny with. Um, I know there's a there's a thread going for a little while for Dragon Ball Fighter Z, so I imagine a couple people will be playing that when it drops. Um, check out the forums, and uh, there'll also be this post will go up on the main website psnation.com. You can leave a comment there, and we'll read it here if uh, if you like it. And then I don't normally mention it on here, and I probably should. Uh, PS Nation, of course, has our affiliate store links, so if you want to help out the show, help out with the website. Um, we don't have a Patreon. We don't have, you know, PayPal or anything. Uh, instead, we just have a bunch of links to Amazon, to Best Buy, all those kind of websites. So if you go there, you lose, use our link, you buy something, it doesn't cost anything extra, but we get a little piece for referring you. So that's kind of how we keep the uh, bills going for PS Nation. So if you uh, shop at any of those websites, be sure to go through our links. But I guess we will wrap up this uh, first episode of 2018. Got any uh, closing thoughts, Wyatt? Uh, I, ju- I guess I'll just say I will mostly be talking about Monster Hunter next month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will not be surprised. <laughs> I'll probably be talking about Dragon Ball Fighters or Dissidia. Yeah. This is where I would be talking about Nino Kuni 2, if I had it. <laughs> Uh, just a couple more months. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll I'll be patient and wait. I mean, hey, think, I already have to wait. Think of it this way: if you did, if it was coming out now, you'd be upset because you'd be in Africa. This is true. Yeah, I would not be able to play it for a couple weeks. All right. Well, uh, have a good uh, 2018. Start off the new year right, and uh, see you next time. See you later.